Welcome to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. We're going to talk about French demons and the board priests who love them. Plus creepy Sam in a pearl snap shirt. Let's do it. This week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. I'm Diana. I'm Liz, or am I? I wrote that on our name. I wrote that on our name tag this weekend. So. <laughs> <laughs> this week we're going to talk about season two, episode fourteen, "Born Under a Bad Sign" of Supernatural. Yeah, it's what we do. We talk about Supernatural yeah. and other stuff. Yeah, weird stuff. Yeah. Like what you do last week. So uh, first off, I was a guest on another podcast called The Custom Couple and talked about the Invasion Car Show, which is the car show that um, Car Club Them puts on in Deep Ellum every year. And then I went and saw all the music last weekend. Um, I saw um, a punk band called The Hellions in Dallas at Three Links. I saw um, Mothership and uh, part of their set and Speed Dealer at Trees. And then on uh, Saturday, went and got to see um, Jamie Lynn Wilson and Jamie Wyatt at Mama Tried. So we were in Deep Ellum a lot, and it was awesome and lots of music. Yeah, that's what I got. How about you? Was was Jamie Lee wearing awesome pants? Uh, Jamie Wyatt had the badass pants. Okay, I know which Jamie had the the awesome pants on. Yeah, but she she looks pretty good. Her, she had her 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 outfit is badass. Her whole look and her thing is awesome. And Jamie Lynn Wilson looked adorable too. She has a phenomenal hat. Um, but yeah, Jamie Wyatt had pants that, uh, like cream Western pants with a snake on them and they were awesome and gold boots. Yeah. I was very, very jealous of the pictures. I was like, I want those pants. How do I make them? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, went to Las Vegas for hacker summer camp and to hang out with people and, uh, won the tinfoil hat contest uh by sheer yeah i am an asshole i literally walked up and won the whole contest after people have <laughs> been working on it and trying to adjust so the way the tinfoil hat contest goes at defcon there's uh there is like the hat for uh like the prettiest hat and that that bitch had it made like it was so good um but then there also is a one that basically they shoot i don't know what they're putting at it some sort of like beams of crap and then like you know you put the the hat on you see how many how much of them you deflect right so how much you can keep the government waves off and i wanted to make a turban because i'm the infosec mystic so i made a giant foil turban we also brought our own foil because well we could uh, so i made a giant turban with the snake coming off the top of it walked up 15 minutes before the contest is supposed to end popped on the mannequin and won sorry everybody who worked really hard yeah. you're, inspired, so, you're inspired by the by the grand prairie cobra <laughs> i was inspired like i that cobra and that mongoose made my fucking weekend uh, also went to Zach Baggins Haunted Museum and I had my own EMF reader. Well, I had the spirit box and my friend Lori was using the, the EMF reader. Uh, but I, yeah, the spirit box, mm, is that a real what, thing? What did it keep calling you? It called me a bitch five times. So, um, <laughs> This is the way like the ones they gave out work and I probably should have like gotten the app. I don't can't believe we do this and I didn't think to get like the app for my phone. Well, you're not really supposed to use your phone, but maybe I should have brought another one. Okay, so if you go to Zach Baggins Museum, you can go during the day. And during the day, you just take a regular tour and you go through all the rooms and you see the things. And you're like, oh, here, like, this is a serial killer room. This is the, oh, remember when we watched that movie Demon House? I made you watch a documentary of uh, the demon that was in the house in uh, the winter place whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, so he took the stairs from that place remember how underneath the stairs there was like the, f- the lady's fake fingernail and all that shit yeah 
Yeah, so th- he brought the stairs into the museum. So they're there. I didn't see any fingernails or panties, though. So I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so at night, they basically, they, they only allow 20 people in the museum at one time. You split into 10 groups. One person goes, does one group goes downstairs and one group does the upstairs. So then you can go into each of the rooms and shut the door in with all the things that are in there and then see what happens. So uh, my spirit box, though, like really, the way it works is basically the shuffling through AM radio stations. I think they look like AM frequencies. So it's just picking up frequencies. So I'm just like, "Mm." so like there's just some radio station that's saying bitch a lot. I think it just kept picking it up or all the demons thought I was a bitch. I don't know. Either way. Um, Coin coin flip. (laughs) Coin flip. Yeah. One way or the other, either. Yeah. Either team valid. There, but they have way too many dolls and way too many clowns. I just don't, I don't even understand where this collection comes from. Like, how did you get so many? It, it's just bizarre. And we, we did go in one room where uh, it was a small closet, lots of dolls. The EM, like our EMF was spiking and then somebody else came in with their EMF. Then one of the dolls started swinging back and forth. Uh, I think somebody hit it. Lori says nobody did. Whatever. Uh, so I, I would have thrown up. <laughs> it was, you know, it was good fun. It was, but I really wish it was longer. It was only two hours, and it's not enough time. Uh, oh, we did get to see oh um, Texas things. I got to see Ed Gein's Cauldron, which mm-hmm. is where he boiled. Uh, theoretically, that is, you know, somebody had it. Blah blah blah. They said it was his, but where he like boiled his meat suits, like it was a giant cauldron. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, lots of interesting things in there. I really, you know, I would like to go back and spend more time, but I think they actually only also just do tours, right? So it's, I don't know, maybe I just need to make friends with, hey, Zach, if you listen, hook, hook a sister up, I'll, I'll go in and you can look at my spirit box. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was great fun. That was Friday night and uh, Saturday night, I went and saw a uh, we went and got some ramen and then took all my friends to the Golden Tiki, which is my favorite tiki bar in Vegas. I was very disappointed. Uh, the number of dicks in the bathroom has gone down. I Aww. don't know what's going on. Tiki, like, come on, more dicks. And they stopped playing the recording about. So within the bathroom, there is also a phallus museum that has st- all these statues with giant penises and it talks about the history of the phallus in magic and that was not playing when i was there and it's very didn't disappointed dick, didn't know dick magic in the bathroom that didn't get me dick magic uh so then uh everybody went home and i like the rock star that i am went to go see a bunch of punk bands at my favorite punk rock place at double down saloon in vegas and then i sprained my ankle because i'm an idiot um oh. And so now, uh, ready to start this week, I am drinking a watermelon ginger beer because my liver needs a fucking break. And it's just very, very tired. And so this is made in Austin, so I'm still sick and local. It's made by SoCo. It's, yeah, it's watermelon ginger beer. It's delicious. It would be, I bought it to mix with with cocktails. Yeah, (laughs) but vodka. I don't need the vodka anymore. I've had, I had enough of the vodka. Yeah. Yeah. I'm enjoying my last Coleman bottle. I'm going to have to restock. It's there. The Coleman Rosé that I am quite fond of. Uh, It's delicious. That's we've mentioned. I've mentioned them before. It's one of my favorite wineries down in the hill country. I believe it's technically in high. It's on the edge there though. Yeah, it's close enough. Outside of Fredericksburg. You can walk to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I forgot. I was supposed to go to Upper Albert to go see my friend. Oh man, and we'll have to make a trip out there, and we can I can regale you tales with Lower versus Upper Albert. Yes, hopefully you're still working there. We are we are overdue for a trip down that way for sure. Yeah. Well, so, uh, let's hit this episode. Sure um, thing. So it's season two, episode fourteen. Born under a bad side it was first aired february 8th 2007 we have a new director in his name is jay miller tobin uh, he'll direct other things and then when i'm not fucking exhausted and didn't get in for midnight in a plane i'll tell you more about him next time so next time we talk about jay miller i'll probably go into a little more details about some of the things he's done and this was written by katherine humphreys who we've talked about before um 
my notes are also going to be very, very short because I was watching those in Vegas at my friend's house while my leg was propped up on a couch. And I was like, Sam Dean, must put <laughs> must put things in computer. So hopefully my notes oh. make sense. I have no idea what they say. So let's 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 try it out. So we're gonna start off with Dean. Yeah, we see Dean on the phone. Um, he's obviously talking to Ellen and he's I'm like, he's looking for somebody. Oh no, he's looking for Sam. And he's looking for Sam. And while he's talking to Ellen, Sam calls him. And Dean's like in this like rant. They find a lot of random industrial parks, by the way, on this on this show. I'm just, just going saying that anyway. Um, and so um, yeah, Dean asks where you where he is, and all of a sudden you see Dean driving into Twin Lakes. Um, and um, we um, get see Dean or find Sam in a motel room. Dean's hands all bloody. And Sam's just like super, like at the word I used was despondent. Um, and uh, there's a lot of blood and he doesn't but, know who he is and can't remember anything. It's a lot of blood, but he's also wearing a Pearl Snap shirt. And I was really, I was like, oh, I'm a fan of Pearl Snaps and yeah. just men, especially like men in them. Ooh, yeah. Nice. And I was like, even, even though it's covered in blood, yeah, some kind of does it for me. Like, mm. I don't know if the blood adds to it or to try. I, I, I was gonna say, is it better? Oh. <laughs> um yeah so um dean starts to try to like figure out like where the heck sam's been so um he uh comes back he's been talking to the 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 front desk person at the motel and apparently sam checked in as uh, richard sambora which is a bunch of reference and um has been there for a couple of days there's really interesting decor in this hotel room, <laughs> by the way. It's like super like over the top mid-century, like starbursts and stuff, but it's all got fucking fish on it. Like cartoon oh. fish and fishing, like lures and bobbers everywhere. Yeah, it was fish and, fish and bobbers. I think I called it fish. Somewhere I came up with a name for it. I don't know, but like fish-tastic. Uh, I don't know. It was just, it's, it's this this is a good one guys like it's way to go hotel. Yeah. high five our director team again on, on this hotel. Um, so yeah, I knew you'd appreciate it too. So uh, basically Sam's kind of freaking out. He doesn't have any memories. They figure out it's been like over a week that he doesn't really know what's been going on, but it doesn't seem like it's been that long since he's been with Sam. So that's a little concerning. So they decide they're going to retrace the steps and they find figure, figure out and like try to like jog his memory by walking around. And this alley is kind of familiar. And of course, Sam randomly has like the key in his pocket to open this garage door, the storage like garage door thing. And there is a really um, beat up old VW inside, um, which kind of looks like it'd been burned, but kind of not. And also this is like the second VW reference we've had in a minute because um, uh, what's her name? Ava had a really pretty VW, but anyways. <clears throat> so question, can you put cars in the storage units? Can you, or should you? Are you allowed to? Like, I don't know. Uh, it usually not with gas in it. Like, I think that it depends okay. on the storage unit. But like, I know like driving a vehicle into a building, typically you've got to have like under a quarter. I mean, at least like I know from the car shows I've been to is like you have to have under a quarter of a tank of gas and things like that because otherwise it's a risk. Yeah, I was just, I mean, obviously there's, I'm sure lots of shady things happen in, in storage units. Okay. Which is why I I wish Storage Wars was better and had like more dead bodies. If like it had more dead bodies and drugs, I would have watched it. But yeah, anyway, so, so on this episode of Storage Wars, we found a VW and uh and a bloody knife. So yeah. VW with the bloody knife, that's what you win. That's what you got behind this door, guys. And menthol cigarettes. And well, gross menthol cigarettes. Yeah, like weird gross menthol cigarettes. Oh my god. Um, and then they find, so they find the receipt for gas. So they go to the gas station, of course. So it's just, it's just like this little like retracing mystery thing. But the, the clerk like freaks the fuck out when, when he sees Sam and says that that guy was gonna, he's gonna call the cops because that guy was in there like shit housed and grabbed a 40 and threw the bottle at its head and stole cigarettes, which is kind of funny to envision Sam doing that. I'm just saying, I was slightly amused. But yeah, uh, but yeah. Was, I think I put it's pinky. I was like, yeah, I could tell. I was so hungover when I was typing this. I'm like, and he smoked. <laughs> That's pinky. <laughs> so they kick so dean dean talks to the to the clerk a little bit more and figure out which direction at least sam went when he left throws him some money so um they're driving now the direction that the clerk pointed to and dean's just like smoking throwing bottles at people that sounds more like me than you and i was very moved okay accurate, accurate Fair. good to be self-aware dean um sometimes <clears throat> so uh, like suddenly Sam has some weird memory and they pull off to the side road up to this really nice house that has like some crazy ass security lights 
and uh, camera out front. And of course, uh, they realized that the windows busted out, the alarm's been shorted and, or like cut, and uh, the inside of the house is all because of course they just go in because that's what they do. They like basically be. Yeah. So like, oh, this this is just someone's house. No one answered when I knocked on the door, but the window's broken and alarm's cut. So yeah, let's just stroll on in. Seems seems like a solid plan. So we're detectives. They, yeah. Hmm. And so um, they, everything's all smashed up, and they find a body with a lot of blood. Um, bloody corpse. Bloody corpse. So Sam's like convinced that he's the one that killed this person before they even know for sure but dean's not convinced and like really that's kind of like the whole thing of this episode so last episode was kind of like sam having faith and dean having no faith then sam trying to hold on to it now this one's kind of like sam believing that he did something horrible and dean not wanting to buy into that because he believes too much in his brother there there we go um but and that's our episode for tonight bye but that's the theme that we're rolling with here so then they find like a fucking closet with a weapons rack and a murder wall so obviously this is a hunter because they all have weapons racks and murder walls that's what they have but i also just want to know the design process for this like you people have like like you know it's like is a custom deal like did you build it yourself is Is there a a deal is there a DIY kit for this? Can I can I put this in my closet? Because frankly, this is way better than a gun safe. Or would be really cool is if you had it pull out from underneath the bed. So then you would just have like a rack of like weapons that would just pull out from your bed. So if somebody breaks into your house at night, they're just like, Cha-cha! I know I've one seen side, the- one side, one side weapons, one side sex toys. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's Don't grab the wrong one. Just don't grab the wrong side. Oh, and if you look at my nightstand, it's always like, only go in that top drawer. Don't go in the bottom drawer. I don't tell you which one has the fun stuff in it, but <laughs> some people get directed to one drawer and some to the other. Another. But, but I, ha- I mean, I know we've seen the ones where they're on the back of the bed frame, like the headboard that oh, has yeah. the secret like things in it, but... Yeah, like, you hunters, or like, or, like the, or like the America flag, like wooden thing, that, or Texas flag ones, the big wooden ones. Those yeah, the wall. It's just it's just a wall hanging that's like six inches deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so we got a hunter. We got guns. Yes. Um. So they obviously are able to find the footage and they uh, the security footage because there's cameras all over this motherfucker's house, and of course we see Sam fighting this guy and slitting his throat. Yeah, that was a pretty brutal death too. Was, like that was yeah. that was real graphic. Very graphic, very graphic, and very violent. Which, um, once again, goes back to not really like at this point we know a little bit about Sam's nature, especially like how he is about life, and very out of character for his character. So that was not a character. <laughs> so they're both like just pretty shocked after watching this footage. So we cut to Dean frantically trying to clean up. All, any remnants or evidence they've been there both of them and but sam is like frozen up completely he's like frozen up like reading some letter he found from this guy's daughter and uh won't just isn't responding even like acting at all and like dean's like telling him to do stuff he's just not doing anything so um dean just like kind of takes upon himself and like starts smashing shit like, smashes <laughs> all the evidence the footage and things like that um I don't know if that was the most effective way. I mean, I guess that's like an effective way to destroy that hard drive with that footage on it. That'd be pretty hard to recreate at that point, but. Yeah, I mean, you could probably pull it back up, but it also, I think, makes it look like a break-in, which that's I was true. also thinking that was probably beyond just destroying evidence. Like, yeah. let's make it look like somebody came in to try and take something. Like I had a lot of glass and ceramic items in his house, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> they were all broken. I'm like, like, I have like some figurines and like. He just he just likes his tchotchkes, man. And Hunter's life is very lonely, and sometimes you need a tchotchke. I guess so. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And so they know that apparently hunters will come looking for this hunter is their biggest thing. So they're trying to cover their tracks. And yeah, back at the motel of fishiness, um, Sam's still just like totally freezing up about everything because he's just overwhelmed he's got said basically he's been filled with rage and hate and it's getting worse and he's convinced that old yellow eyes is making him a killer and that it's happening this is what he thinks this is what their dad john had warned dean about and that it's basically time for dean to follow through and kill him so that he doesn't hurt anybody and dean won't do it no dean won't dean refuses repeatedly he thinks we can figure it out and um 
and believes that Sam can, can fight through it. And then there's a really pretty dramatic, sad, but also not going to lie, kind of annoying scene about Sam putting a loaded gun in Dean's hand. Dean, Dean says, I'd rather die. Sam's like, you'll live to regret this. And then pistol whips him. Yep. And now Dean's unconscious. And Dean's unconscious. Until he so. gets woken up by a hotel clerk. He wants a room for a sex worker and her job. Yep. Girl's got to make her money, Dean. Get out. It's past checkout, fool. <laughs> These folks want to bang. <laughs> so, um, but Sam, of course, took baby and left uh, Dean without a car. And Sam or Dean goes and like uses the clerk's computer. To, so apparently Dean does kind of know how to use a computer. Usually it's Sam doing it. So, but D- Dean gets on and is uh, makes some like terrible story about how his son snuck out for a Justin Timberlake concert and he's trying to put a tracker on his phone. So that's how he finds Sam. And Timberlake is a triple threat. He is she ain't wrong. Threat. Yeah, she's not, she's not not wrong um and so he starts heading to duluth minnesota i didn't map how far that would actually take but that's okay and so we see um we cut to a a dark hills bar in duluth and who do we find working at this bar joe ellen's daughter and if you think the bar looks familiar it's because it's the same set and they just move things around to make it look not totally like the roadhouse but it's the roadhouse <laughs> they just really i didn't shit. i didn't notice that was it, the bar configuration was completely different that's what they're yeah about. they, they changed things around it but... being a square bar that comes out it was a straight bar against the back wall and that's why i didn't that's why i didn't notice yep yep so yeah, she's closing, but she's already like the fact that Sam's there alone and she asks where Dean is and he's like, he couldn't make it. She's already like, seems a little bit suspicious, but she also, we have to keep in mind that her relationship with these brothers is not phenomenal. So um, yeah, he's he's basically like, she asked what, he, what Sam wants and he said he wants to square things up because of their dads or whatever, which is also weird. And he takes off his jacket and you see like this weird mark slash, I, call, I wrote down like a brand on his arm. Um, and uh, he tries to cover it and blames it on a hot stove. So she, he's trying to emp- like sympathize and empathize with her about how um, his dad, how John was, and that you know he knows he was obsessed, blah blah blah. And um, but she asked about Dean then, and his demeanor kind of turns. Like the acting in this episode is actually really fucking good. I think um, he really like pulls off layers of character and he's like an onion he's like an onion he has layers um or a parfait no um so he but he's like really pulling off like this like i'm like i'm super sympathetic but also gets real like snarky all of a sudden and like just kind of like mean and that's just not he's just not usually i mean sam's not usually a mean-spirited character so it sticks out and like talks like starts laughing and like making a crack about her carrying a torch for dean and just kind of like just mean yeah he's being mean he's poking her buttons and then he gets real rapey and he gets real rapey grabs her arm and um and the um you can tell then that the burn on his arm that brand or whatever is a symbol of some kind and then he's like very aggressive talking about how he can be more to her and she tells him to leave and toss and like he tossed her hand away and then as soon as he's about to leave he does get extra rapey and that's when he grabs her and like ties her and knocks her out on the bar and then ties her to a, a um pole yep while the crystal ship by the doors plays on a jukebox yeah fucking doors yeah, I'm like, um, like oh man like you're gonna tie me up and make me listen to the door <laughs> that's just cruel man <laughs> come on anyway <laughs> so um but yeah, so like, I don't know, I, I was impressed in this, just like watching the demeanor chain. I was also very uncomfortable to watch, but I guess that was on purpose and it's supposed to be. Um, but yeah, so he starts telling a story about what actually supposedly happened between their dads. And the problem is, is that you know that this, well, at this point you don't know, but this is Sam telling the story and saying that like basically... Ellen's dad and John were on a hunt out to get this hell spawn and John was over eager and exposed her to Ellen's husband, Joe's dad, to uh, who was acting as bait and the thing turned and killed him, but not actually that's what happened. Actually, apparently when it turned to kill him, it didn't actually kill him and um, 
and John killed him to put him out. John killed him, yeah, because he was dying. And either way, like I still like I don't blame John for any of this shit. Like you're a fucking hunter. Like that's kind of where I'm at. Like I'm like, oh, like yeah, that's upsetting to hear, and it sucks to have not known that. But at the same time, does it change anything? Not really. Your perception of these people is still the fucking same. They're both hunters. They were signed up for. They knew what they signed up for. And at the same time, like he wasn't gonna live. It was trying to put him out of his misery, which I know is fucked to talk about. And I would not want to have to do that to another human being ever. But is it like, it's kind of, is it kind of like the old, like the zombie trope of like, oh, if I turn, if I get bitten, shoot me. Kind of like, I don't know, like yeah. not like, but that's kind of like, oh, if, I, if I get bit, shoot me. You know, like there's not- Well, gonna- it's like, he was dying. And so, yeah, yeah. but either way, and even if he was bait, like I'm sure he agreed to it. I don't think John tricked him. I'm right. pretty sure it was like, this is our they plan. They were on a mission together. And yeah. you don't know what happened on that mission. It could have been like, he volunteered and said, no, you stay here. Like, mama. Like, don't know. yeah, they're fucking hunters. You died. That's yeah. what happened. Shut up, Joe. So. I know. I was kind of like, uh, so anyway, so of course we get, um, so then he says, like, once he gets it creepy again, he's like, like daddy, like daughter, you're going to be bait and he gags her. So um, anyways, oh, there was a real creepy thing before where he sings, my daddy shot your daddy in the head. That was fucking creepy. Whoever wrote that. Yeah, I didn't write that down because it was gross. It was gross. Uh, and yeah. so anyway, so Dean gets there, of course, and um, Dean won't, sh- no, and Sam's begging like to be shot again, but Dean won't do it again. And says mean things like you're so scared of being alone that you'd rather let Joe die, which is harsh. Um, but then Dean throws holy water on Sam and Sam starts burning. So now we know Sam he is possessed. possessed. All along. All along he's been possessed. And then he gets the creepy black eyes. And then he runs away. Ta-da. So yeah. Um, the end. And we're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, they find another fucking warehouse. Like, once again, industrial parks, like, are their expertise, apparently, for their set workers. So they're in a warehouse, and um, now I had to start writing, so it wasn't confusing. I had to write down evil, evil, I use S and D as the symbols, like, when I'm (laughs) my notes. So now I've got evil S. (laughs) (laughs) The evils. Um, And um, basically confesses that he's killing hunters, and that's what he's trying to do right now. And so then... There's a lot of back and forth and it's dramatic. And then he shoots Dean and Dean falls off the dock. Pew! Splash! Yeah. Alright. Sound effect. Dean's, Dean's dead. Then we're serious. Supernatural. So, so, show's over. That's all we got. No. Um. So, then of course, Joe shows up because she wasn't going to come, but whatever. She had to come help. And she's looking for Dean. She hears his phone ringing and finds him on like a lower level of the dock, which I like. That phone's impressive. It made it through him falling in the water, but different conversation for a different day. And uh, she takes him back to the bar and digs a bullet out. And I do have a functional question here. So when they pull the bullet out, why do they put it in liquid? It's like alcohol, right? They're trying, like, it's not going back in you. It doesn't need to be fucking sanitized. Fair. Just, just things that annoy me. And <laughs> Diana's deep thoughts. There you go. Fancy thoughts. Like, what? why are you doing this? They just need to preserve it from aldehyde. Yeah, it's like, it's not necessary. It doesn't need to be cleaned. You're not going to reuse it. Maybe um, they wanted to lick it and do something with it later. I don't know. Maybe you had to take a shot it's at gonna that make bullet. It, it's going to make a necklace. Yep. <laughs> um, so. Actually, if that was my brother, yeah, I would fucking make a necklace of that. And then I would be like, bitch, remember the time you shot me? Like, oh, hey, brother, remember the time you shot me in the ass with a BB gun? And you'd like to tell all your friends that story every time you introduce me to them? Yeah, motherfucker, I would have that bullet in my neck and then rub it in your face every time. And be like, remember that time you tried to kill me, bro? Yeah. Yeah. yeah fair. That's okay. Yeah. Good point. Um, so, yeah. Um, Basically, Dean is explaining to he to Joe that he wasn't positive that Sam was possessed, but he also knew that Sam couldn't just do those things in on his own. So, like we all know as well, I think at this point. Um, and so she's kind of trying to dig around and figure out if if demons can tell the truth, though. She wants to know if the story that Sam told her about their dads is accurate or not, because she was pretty shaken by it. So. And he's like, yeah, they can tell the truth if they know it'll fuck with you, basically. Like, they just, they're just going to tell you whatever they can to fuck with you. They'll lie. They'll tell the truth. It just has to fuck with you. Is the, is the yeah. 
but so Dean, obviously Dean's going to go after Sam, the next closest hunters in South Dakota. And so he like tells Joe, don't follow me. Don't come with me and run. Yeah. And being that, um, he's calling the hunter and the line gets cut. I know the show very well. This is how hung up I was. I was like, South Dakota, like, I completely forgot. I forgot he was in South Dakota. Oh, really? See, I didn't remember either. So, because I'm not as familiar. So, I was very upset. We do get, um, you know, a scene with, uh, you know, Dean's driving a really shitty boxy sedan and trying to call this hunter. And you see Sam cut a phone line and knock on the door, and it's fucking Bobby. Bobby, oh no, it's Bobby. Not my purse, stranger danger. All right, so Bobby. So Bobby's like, oh yeah, like, oh Sam, come on in. Where's your brother? Oh, let's have a beer and opens beers. But Bobby is too smart for this shit. Don't fuck around with any demons because he's got a little bit of holy water in his beer. So when he, when he gives Sam the beer, Sam starts like smoking and sputtering. Like, don't yeah. try to, don't try to con a con man and punch him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, I Bobby. love Bobby. I love you so much. Bobby's awesome. So, yeah, I think like this part, like it gets a little intense in, in parts of this too. Like, I, I, I'm glad they had the lightheartedness, and um, and I'm glad that Bobby is an ongoing character. But there we go. So. Bobby and Sam, uh, Bobby and Dean have Sam tied up in the devil's trap, exactly where they had Meg. And um, Bobby starts the exorcism basically there and Dean's trying to get answers, but also wants to kill demons to protect Sam from the master plan. But this demon's like, I don't give a fuck about the master plan that old yellow eyes has. I just don't want to be in hell anymore because it fucking sucks. This is a summary of what's happening. And he's, this demon is able to like break free and stop, stop having the exorcism doesn't affect them and is able to break free of it. Bobby notices the mark on, on Sam's arm and it's a binding link, which is like a lock apparently from to connect this demon to Sam's body. Yep. So I think, yeah, and I think we should talk about some other exorcisms that didn't work um, because, you know, we have plenty of exorcisms to talk about. So I think it's time for a little lore. Lore! <laughs> On demons! More demons! Yes! And you know what? Know where we're going? We're going back to France! Yeah! Because all the demons are Ooh. in France! Are you going to do your French accent for us again? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, and we're back in the 1590s in France. So we're going back to almost Way the same back. time as the we were back with the Devils of Louis Uh So we're going to talk about Martha de Brassier. I think it's how you start last name. She was born around 1573 in a town called Romer Ranton. I don't know. Everybody says, like, I'm supposed to know where the fuck in France that is. I looked on a map and I was like, ah, Mill France. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was, you know, kind of like the village oddball. Uh, and she, you know, was not destined to be married. So she tried to run away from home dressed as a man, but they captured her and brought her back to her family because those people suck. I'm like, let the poor girl run. She just wants to live her life as a dude. Let her go. But no, so they brought her back. Uh, so now we're at 1598. She's 25 and things are going a little wonky for Martha. And she starts having demon voices come out of her mouth that were described as the howl and coarse, fierce voice of a demon. So, uh, her neighbor, who had also unfortunately committed the crime of being an unmarried middle-aged woman, was arrested for witchcraft. And oddly enough, this woman's sister had also married a dude who was supposed to marry Martha's sister. What a coincidence that the woman who got put in jail for witchcraft was from the family that fucked with Martha's family. So strange how that works. Yeah, I know. Uh, so she spent a year in prison and eventually she gets out for, for reasons we'll say, but 
So other possession symptoms that Martha had. So she had outbursts in which she would writhe, scream, contort her face and body into seemingly inhuman positions, roll her eyes back in her head, pant, groan, and growl like an animal. She would also allegedly stick her tongue out farther than any normal human, endure pinpricks without any reaction or apparent pain, speak with her mouth still shut, often in languages that she wasn't supposed to know, like English and Greek, and displayed incredible things of strength during these episodes. Most ominously, she was reportedly able to leap across the room while lying on her back, and witnesses claimed that she would sometimes apparently be dragged across her bed or the floor by unseen hands. So, yeah, she's she was having some, some issues. Yeah, sounds um, unpleasant. Sounds unpleasant. And so her family was like, cool, you've got these issues. You know what we're really good to do with that? Uh, we're going to get on the road. <laughs> and we're going to have a road show because you possessed. That's, that's dark. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So they take their new demon star uh, to Paris and around France. And I remember the last time we were talking about French mm. demons possessing you know, other nuns and how like then the Huguenots and Catholics were fighting. Well, this is that same time. So yeah. th- that's still going on. You got Protestants, you got Catholics, and the Catholics are like, hey, we can use her to say that the Protestants are in league with the devil. And lucky for them, too, like uh, that Martha's demon often called himself the Prince of the Huguenots. Um, so convenient. Um, so many lucky things happen with this family. Um, so the church gave her a certificate to show that she was possessed. And uh, the church, some of them went with her and Martha, and they went on tour. And they would, you know, go to town and she'd get a DMV. She'd be like, I'm possessed by Beelzebub. I'm the prince of the Huguenots. And they're like, well, exercise you, demon. And then she's like, ha! And it would like spit out of her mouth and like, oh no, it's back in. Um, so then now we have to go to the next town. So she, this is becoming, you know, because they have nothing so, else to do. Exorcist exhibitionism. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's, you know, the 1590s, not a lot to do in France. I mean, besides, you know, occasionally watch people die from the plague. Like, what the fuck else? Oh, I guess there were the priests that were fucking and fighting that we talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so but everyone's coming out to see her and she started to attract the attention of the court. And King Louis the the Fourth ordered that an exorcism be, be performed. And it's also kind of interesting if you look at the timeline and wanting to see how it lined up because Louis the Fourth was a Catholic and a Protestant than a Catholic, I think. I don't I might have one of those out of order. But I think at this time he was turning back to Catholicism. But but that you know it's like because if he wanted her to be exercised, he must obviously be back in the Catholicism phase. But yeah. So, but just this politically speaking, I think this is all just really interesting. So she gets brought to the Abbey of St. Somewhere in French, Liz can't say, where the Bishop of Paris and King Louis' physician um, were waiting. So the, his personal physician was like, I don't believe that she's possessed by, by a demon. And, you know, as much as I would like to say, well, he's a doctor and believes in science. I mean, he also probably believed I could just shove leeches on you and to, you know, that'll cure, you know, whatever phantoms are inside of you uh, or, or, but or cut, yeah or cut your dick off and make you drink your pee like they do in yeah. another another show that we watch <laughs> so. you know yeah, that, that could happen mm-hmm. uh so he's like i don't know like i don't i don't really believe her so she comes into the app the abbey and she starts spasming and she's saying all kinds of different things and different languages and voices and they're all vile i'm sure there are things like fuck your mother or whatever uh but in french so uh no, I don't say fucking French. I know it's saying Maris. So she probably said Maris a lot, that shit. So she was just like, suck a myth, like everywhere. Um, and so she's like, she's cursing all this stuff. And the bishop puts a piece of the quote unquote true cross in her mouth. And she starts screaming and writhing. So I am... Obviously, she's possessed then. I mean, obviously, fun. she's possessed. Um, so true cross, though, if it is what I think it is, that it was supposed to be like basically a relic that was supposed to come off the, the crucifix that Christ was crucified on. Um, and there have been like other versions of this relic, but most of them have been tested. And like, oh, this one's in the 1100s because that's what people do. And they go, I've got a relic for you. Would you like yeah. to buy it? So anyway, she's screaming and writhing. And the bishop is like, she is truly possessed. But the physician said, Mene, or in French, you know, he would be like, no, no. 
So it's like, no, no, I switched out the cross, but it was just a piece of wood. So uh, Ooh, he tricked her. Told you she was a fraud or something like that in French, but you know. And the bishop was like, no, it's still a demon. Uh, so the bishop is still like, no, nah, I believe this bitch. And so it was like, I put a piece of wood in her mouth. And they're like, yeah, no, she she shouldn't know Greek. No, Women, we're, we're, we're real bored. We really want yeah. that. Women shouldn't know other languages. How did she learn English? Clearly she is possessed. <laughs> so one of the other bishops, though, the Archbishop of Lyon, uh, Charles Miron, though, he was like, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe she's not. I don't know. Let's do more things. So they're like, ooh, Let, ooh. let's fuck with Martha. So first they start like giving her holy water to drink, but don't tell her that it's holy water and nothing happens. So she's just like, la la, like although why she's drinking water during this time, I don't know. You're fucking crazy. You shouldn't have been drinking wine. That's how you get dysentery or typhoid or whatever. You get something bad. You're things. gonna you're gonna be pooping a lot. That's all I know. Um <laughs> So then they gave her regular water and they told her it was holy water. And all of a sudden, ew, it burns, it burns. And Martha can't take it. Then they give her a key wrapped in silk. And they're like, this is this, the true cross is in here. And it's like, eek, arg, oh no, it hurts. Then the priest was like, I'm going to exercise you. And I'm going to start saying Latin prayers. And so she's like, oh no, please don't. And head spinning around. And then, but it wasn't actually an exorcism prayer. prayer. Also there is uh something that just popped up on my zoom screen that said are you recording music so apparently sounds <laughs> like making a band. Uh, anyway so the uh priest was actually saying virgil's anon oh, that's not how you say that word so i say that fuck uh sorry ap lit english for not knowing my roman authors names of so Virgil's thing that wasn't the Iliad, the other thing, I don't know how to pronounce it. Or does it say anid? Because it sounds like anus and we're gonna just go with it. Um, so he was basically just reading her a poem. And oh. she was like, ah, and they're like, no. Uh, so by this, so these pre- priests and bishops are just real fucking bored and having fun. Fuck yeah. I mean, what else would you, you have to do all day? You know, like besides just trying to this was before Netflix, guys. <laughs> yeah. But besides like trying to, you know, establish the patriarchy and fuck with all the poor people around you, what else was there for you to do? Uh so they're like, yo, Martha, you're faking. And so yeah. that's how the other woman got out of jail. However, People were like, that bitch can go across a bed by herself. Like, I, I don't care. Like, she's a, she's got a demon in her. Beelzebub is inside of Martha. So she just kept touring around the country until she died. People will just keep coming to see her. And, yeah. Pay money to go see her. Do I mean, she found her niche. I mean... Yeah, although there are also a lot of things that think that Martha really believed this and she was suffering from severe mental problems. And oh, uh, it was just, like, and it was off. Like some severe schizophrenia, like, or untreated or whatever. Well, could... The woman who went to jail for witchcraft, honestly, she was like, I don't blame her. Like, she's she's mentally ill. Like, she didn't, she didn't think that it was her fault. Wow. So, Especially in that era, that's pretty bold to believe that. It's pretty bold. It also makes me think, how shitty was Martha's family? Because it's just like, oh, you know, my child is clearly having some sort of mental breakdown. I'm going to make a sideshow of her and make some coin. Got it. Yeah. Mm-mm. So, unfortunately, um, yeah, she doesn't have a binding. She didn't be able to bud. Maybe had a binding link on her arm, which is where we're getting back to. All right. right. So that was a tale of Martha. La la la. Rossi. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Our French demons, you just keep on giving. French demons. Those French demons. And those silly and those silly French priests. <laughs> uh, silly silly paters. Oh uh, yeah. So um basically, so since Sam has this bind, evil Sam has this this demon bound to him, and it, it is the same demon that was in Meg and is able to break free of the seal because apparently they've learned new tricks and um, throws Bobby and Dean both across the wall and then starts punching Dean a lot and talking about how bad hell is even for demons. So uh, Dean's not doing great. He's getting his ass kicked kind of, but um, 
Anyway, so the um, he planned to torture Dean, but sees that Dean tortures himself, which is dark and sad, also. Um, and that he and then couldn't that Dean couldn't save dad or brother. But we also then who pops up but Bobby because Bobby's awesome and um has a the the poker from the fire and burns the brand off of um evil Sam's arm, which breaks the limb. Ow! And that sounds very painful. It looks so bad. I'm like, oh red poker. Oh man. And so we get ginormous demon smoke coming out of Sam and goes out the chimney. And then Sam is unconscious and wakes up and says, did I miss anything? And Dean punches him real hard in the face. Yeah, which apparently was not scripted and uh, Jensen Ackles just put it in. But I think it worked. <laughs> it did work. It was good. It was. It made sense. It was funny. I mean, like, yeah, uh, yeah. that's pretty fair. Yeah. So um, when they're, they're getting ready to leave and Bobby basically asks them about this hunter named Steve Wendell, which is actually the one that they found that, that he was found dead. And that's the one that Sam did kill when he was possessed. Um, but that it, Bobby's like, yeah, his buddies won't listen to reason and he's going to, they're going to go after whoever, anyone or anything that might've had something to do with it. And Dean smartly says, never heard of him. Sam tries to say something, but luckily shuts the fuck up. Yep. And Bobby's like, let's keep it that way. Mm-hmm. And then Bobby gets some, char- yeah. some charms. <laughs> he's like, keeps demon from getting up in you. That's what he says. You know, nobody likes that demon up at you. Just uh, well. And yeah, Dean Dean replies, sounds vaguely dirty, but thanks. <laughs> like <laughs> it does sound dirty. Yep. So um yeah. And so then we we've got the brothers back in baby. We got back on the road again by Ario Speedwagon on the radio. Uh so and- which if you remember was what Dean was making fun of Joe for listening to. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's funny. I was also just amused because it was Ario Speedwagon, which is actually so the band Speed Dealer that I saw on Friday night. They used to call themselves Ario Speed Dealer, but then they got they got I think they got a cease and desist. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, not the first like hard rock Dallas band to do that. Sometimes sometimes the benefits to do that shit, but anyways, kind of funny, kind of funny. But anyways, um, so Sam starts remembering some of what happened and is pretty upset that Dean's not really willing to kill him. And Dean's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm intent on saving you. And I'm only going to kill you if I can't save you. And yeah. Then, so stop asking. Cause it's yeah. annoying. Stop it. Like none of us like it. it. It's really, really annoying. Are you over it now, yeah. Sam? Please stop. He's not going to be over it. Is he? I don't know. That's a no. He's not going to be over it. Oh, keep listening to him. Why? Maybe he learned. Kill me, me, kill me. I'm going to be evil. Me, oh. me, me, me. So. Anyway, so Sam gets some shit and Dean basically tells him to shut the fuck up and that you had a girl inside of you for a week and that's pretty naughty. And I did appreciate that ending. Uh, he's oh. naughty. That was a pretty funny ending. I was like, oh, it's like oh, it's a good lighthearted ending for it that they needed. They kind of needed yeah. it. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there were... Something about this episode bothered me. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. Um, but the kind of like something about like the jump back and forth. I don't know. Maybe it was just because the episode made me uncomfortable. And I think that was the purpose of it. I don't think it was supposed to be a comfortable episode. It's an upsetting episode because not only Sam, we know, we know that Sam is possessed and you kind of start wondering that early, but you also wonder, did he just turn evil? And so I think that it's like, like, like that they keep saying he will, like uh, not as being someone that doesn't, I don't know what's going to happen in the next episode, guys. So I'm watching it going, oh my gosh, is Sam actually turning evil and Dean's going to cover for him? Or is this a, you know, something else going on is he possessed? And like, I don't know, I, I found it just kind of uncomfortable with with that. And, and the battle that Dean's having and being desperate to save his brother and follow on. It's like, well, is he just going to do that forever and like follow him and like cover whenever he does something bad? I don't know. I thought that was kind of, it was kind of upsetting in that regard. I don't, I think there was something in how it was like edited or directed that I didn't love and sorry to this, this team, um, but something about the way, like the scenes jumped, I didn't like, but that's just me. Well, yeah, I would say that when I started taking notes on this and there was a lot of, uh, jump shots and things, I was like, man, this is really hard to write about. And that's part of it 
Yeah, so there is that back and forth, which does make for interesting television, but it's hard if you're trying to do a narration of it. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, part of the uncomfortable thing is it's one, because it's being shot, two, you have a, a, an annoying trope that's in there. And then, because, you know, we have the are you evil, are you not evil thing with Dean already, right? Because we have the evil shifter Dean. Uh, and they did play that out like a long time. And then they also made Sam's demon person very uncomfortable. And one of the things though, I think if you're going to have Meg possessed in there, because we we're fucking Meg, we hated Meg. There yeah. was none of Meg in Sam's character. And yeah. then I don't think that's a choice on Jared Padalecki's. I think that was a script choice. Yeah. I mean, you so, might see that there was a tiny bit when he was getting like all like, but see, she would have been like sexy sluts. Yeah, she would have been like, annoying, like, oh, yeah, not like Joe. I'm gonna grab your arm, like I'm gonna, you know. Yeah, I, the the teasing part about John about Joe's father was similar to the Meg Demon, but yeah. other thing like even when he was like needling Dean and all that stuff, it wasn't the same cadence. It wasn't Mm-mm. just the same type of language that that character was using. So I think it would have been more effective if they had turned that and made it just a little bit more, so we could identify that demon just a little bit more inside of Sam. That girl that, that was sense. inside of him. Sure. Girl naughty. that was inside of him all week. Yeah. So naughty. So naughty. Using him as as her meat puppet. Ugh. I think this is one of the first times we get meat puppet in here. Oh, meat puppet, oh, meat suit. There's some of my favorite phrases. <sighs> Anyways, yeah. Diana has a great face on. She's like, yeah, oh, I don't like your meat puppets. Meat pu- Everyone loves puppets. Do they? I like Muppets. That's a RuPaul line. I'm sorry. So everyone loves comments, I need to catch so. up on that one. Okay. But yeah, yeah. So that's what I got. That's all I have. I think that's it for this episode. I don't really know anything else you could say except it gets better. Sam, stop being a dick. Um, yeah. Is that the last we'll see a Joe? We don't know. Last we'll see a Bobby? We don't know. Better not be. Better hope, not yeah, pretty sure it's not the last time we're gonna see Bobby. That one I can give <laughs> giveaway as a spoiler. Give that one a little bit. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I think we're done for the week. Woohoo! Alrighty, so cheers, jerk. Cheers, bitch. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter, Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us Devil's Trap at Devil's Trap Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share it with all your friends. We're available at all your major podcast listening devices, or you can always find us at devilstrappodcast.com. Thanks! Devil's Trap Podcast is a Don't Be a Dick production. Meow! Intro music, arrangement and performance by Dave Cox. Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Orozco. Meow! Meow!